Welcome. You are listening to The Mindful Minute, meditations created for everyday joy. I'm Meryl Arnett, mama, meditator, and head of mindfulness for Shoreline Meditation App. This podcast is recorded from my live Monday night meditation class, where we have a brief discussion followed by a 20-minute guided meditation. If these meditations support you and your practice, please consider donating to the show to support its continued growth, new offerings, and its ever-expanding team. You can find the link in today's show notes or simply visit merylarnett.com and click on podcast. All right, y'all, let's practice. Well, hey, y'all. I am so excited to share today's interview with you. And I wanted to take a few minutes just to set it up because this one I think maybe could feel like it's coming out of left field, although it ended up being entirely about meditation. So um, as I very often do, I get emails these days from people that are suggesting guests to be on the show. And 99% of the time I say, no, thank you, because primarily the show is a meditation class. It's not an interview format show. However, there are definitely guests that I'm excited to have conversations with and share with you guys and angles of meditation that I really enjoy exploring, specifically around creativity. So I get this email, this was a couple months ago, from a complete stranger, and it's suggesting Kyle T. Webster as an interview subject. He had recently created a new interactive notebook that explores tracing as a meditation practice. And it was suggested in the email that we talk about meditation, my favorite subject, creativity, my second favorite subject, and it's a company that produces stunning, beautiful notebooks, which I'm clearly obsessed with. So this was a yes, 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 triple check for me. I instantly wrote back and said, yeah, I'm interested. You got me. Let's talk. And I'm so happy to tell you all that the conversation truly is even better than I could have imagined it would be. Kyle and I explore what it means to meditate versus be in a meditative practice, the difficulties with meditation, the benefits of exploring meditative practices outside of just our seated practice. We talk about why tracing is a potential practice you might enjoy, and we talk about some really cool things like why boredom matters why it's valuable to go for a walk without earbuds in so that you can hear yourself think, for instance. There's a lot of fun in this conversation. I hope you enjoy it. I bet you can tell Kyle and I became fast friends in this conversation. And before we jump in, I just want to make one really important distinction. I'm sure you guys know at this point, if you've been listening, Baron Fig has been a sponsor of this show for the last month or so. I love Baron Fig, and I was introduced to them through this email and through this interview. And it was after we booked the interview that I ordered and tried a few of their journals. We had a conversation, and I asked them to consider sponsoring the show. And indeed, they did become a sponsor. So the bonus is, if you like the interview and you want to try the Trace Journal, you can get it at a discount with code MINDFULMINUTE21. But the more important distinction is... 
This interview was set up and secured well before any talks of sponsorship happened. I would never book a guest because they paid. I only bring guests on this show that I'm truly excited to talk to and I feel like will be a valuable conversation for you to listen to. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Grab a pen, you might be inspired, and let's jump in. All right, Kyle Webster, welcome to the Mindful Minute. Thanks for chatting with me today. Hi, Meryl. Thanks for having me, and I'm glad to be here. My pleasure. So I'm going to ask you the worst question first, which is to tell us about yourself. I hate when people ask me that question. But before I do, I have to tell you, I watched the like about me video that you have on your website, which I love because it made me feel like I know you. And um, we have so much in common, Kyle. So we both live in the Southeast. I love North Carolina. We both studied abroad in France, and we both have double-jointed thumbs. Uh, <laughs> so we're destined to be friends, I think. <laughs> wow, we're off to a great start. I, I just saw, and I, for those of you who are listening, Meryl just demonstrated the double-jointed thumb there, and that is pretty cool. Um, I'm so glad you watched that, too, because I think uh, that does go a long way in introducing me to other people. But yes, I, I, did, I grew up overseas, and... Um, that uh, gave me this amazing experience as a child that was uh, full of, of course, adventure and um, being exposed to lots of different cultures and ways of doing things, which has been a real blessing throughout my whole life because I, I'm fortunate that I can see things from different perspectives, I hope, um, and try and be more empathetic and understand uh, where people are coming from uh, because of all that moving around that we did and just seeing how other folks operate. But anyway, you said, what, what about me? That's a hard one to summarize. Uh, I know. I am an artist. I, I always, as a kid, was drawing and um, wanted to do only that as a living. I didn't know how to do it, um, but I decided someday I'd figure it out. And so I, I did study drawing and painting in college, and I was uh, in love with all that. Um, but when graduation came around, I was very nervous. So I taught myself HTML, and I went and got a job as a web designer. And that was just a good time to do that because it was 1998, 99, when there were jobs in abundance for that area. Uh, however, when I was at the job, I spent most of my time drawing on the side during meetings uh, when I should have been coding. So obviously, it was not a good fit for me. And I, my true calling kept bubbling up and, and you know getting in the way of me being productive, doing what I was supposed to be doing. So fortunately, I was laid off after three years when there was the, uh, the, the crash there, mm. the internet uh, the first crash, I think we were, we're probably heading for another one. And that gave me an opportunity to then try and find work as, a, as an artist. And fortunately, um, a graphic design firm in the next town over hired me based on a fake portfolio that I made. And I, I love telling students about this because I think it frees them up to not be scared to lie in a way that is not dangerous or damaging to anybody. I, I created a portfolio of work that I had done supposedly for brands like Nike and and whatnot. And of course, when I was hired, I came clean and said, I didn't do any of that work, but I know you liked it. And they were fine with that. It was no problem. Um, they just like to see good work. So I did that work for a while and still just really wanted to draw. So I kept figuring out, you know, through asking friends and whatnot, um, how do people become illustrators? And I finally went up to New York to a Society of Illustrators event to meet people who were actually doing it. And uh, there I met some really lovely people who allowed me to come visit their studio the following day. 
Uh, they were so sweet and they just explained how they got to where they were. And so I just copied their every move and eventually quit my job and became an illustrator. I did that for about 12 years and my business was great. Got more and more stressed. And I know we talk about that a lot, I'm sure, with folks um, until uh, I realized I could not sustain, I couldn't be a healthy person also trying to run a business where the business demanded that I be always on the hunt. Um, I needed to always be trying to chase down clients either for work or for payment and so on, and then try and introduce myself to new clients. And it's, it can be very stressful. We had two children at this point. I, we had just had our son and I really uh, kind of fell apart. So I needed to find another thing to do. And what I figured out was I could make passive income if I was smart about it as an illustrator by creating tools for illustrators. And so I did that. I created digital paintbrushes for digital artists, and that became the focus of my business. And it grew to such a point that I was able to sell that business to Adobe in an acquisition where they brought me then on as a sort of in-house consultant, having to do with uh, or, or advising on anything having to do with drawing and painting, which then um, grew into what I currently do, which is education for digital drawing and painting. Uh, on behalf of Adobe, and I do live streams and things like that. Um, and I continue to draw every day. And I'm sure we'll we'll talk about this later in the conversation. But the th thing I noticed about drawing is that it is my it is my meditation. It's the form of meditation that I do and have done my whole life, and never realized it until very very recently. And I'd love to talk more about that uh, later if you like. Yeah, I want I want to go right into that actually, because I think it's going to lead the whole conversation. So, um, you know, I spend a lot of time talking to people about meditation practice as a stillness practice where you sit on a cushion or in a chair and you close your eyes and you're just silent and still and meditative practices, which is some sort of movement or space that we're allowed to sort of fall into that silence, although we're not necessarily seated still with our eyes closed. So talk to me about drawing as a meditative practice for you. I, yes, I'm happy to. Um, and I'd also like to say that for those of you out there listening who have tried meditation of any other sort and found yourselves struggling or feeling uh, like you're not doing it right, I am one of those people and I, it's, I, I had, it took me a long time because I tried first meditating about a decade ago and I tried it in a way where I tried to quiet my mind and, and, or, or allow thoughts to pass through and so on and keep them moving. And, 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 and I was the first uh, year or two I tried, I would, I would sit in, in total stillness and quiet and try and meditate. And I was unable to do it. And I thought I was a failure. And I thought that I just was incapable of achieving this this goal of, of learning how to meditate in them. Then I discovered guided meditations and I love yours by the way, uh, because <laughs> guided meditations are where it's at for me. I, I love to have someone talking me through the process while I am engaged in it. That was quite successful for me, but then only in the last, I would say year and a half, I, I think about since when the pandemic started, I had just released a, this book, Trace, which we can talk about, uh, which is a sort of meditation through tracing, the act of tracing. And I, I decided to expand it into a 30-minute session with people in bookstores 
where I would lead them in a, a meditative drawing, a series of meditative drawing exercises. Um, and in, in doing those, I got this instant feedback from people saying that was just as effective as my doing my normal kind of meditation that I do, whatever practice they have. And I'd love to do it again. And um, the more that happened, the more I started to reflect back on my own experience with drawing. And I suddenly remembered and realized that whenever I draw, everything else falls away. Mm. And I don't feel pain. I, I don't worry. I don't. It's just that I'm in this very special zone, this sort of magical space where I'm so focused on this one thing that it's very much to me like that what I was trying to achieve with, with meditation. And the funny thing is I've been, I've been doing it my whole life, only I haven't been doing it with that awareness of what it was really doing for me. So that, that is now something that I'm aware of, thankfully, and I want to share that with other people and just explain that if you can do it the right way, you know, there are many ways to do everything, but if you can, if you can draw in such a way that um, you're able to, to find that, that focal point inside you and then hold it uh, without interruption and, and just move at a steady pace. You will, you will feel those same benefits, or at least, you know, it depends on who you are. But for me, that definitely works. And for others who I've done this class with, it works as well. So I'm just so happy to have discovered that this thing I've loved my whole life can actually have this benefit for me. I don't know if I would have discovered it had I not gone through that, that process. Uh, so I think it's a lot of luck. Yeah, I, th- I love that story because I think so many of us, myself included, when we start meditating, we think we're going to have this amazing, peaceful, lovely experience, and it ends up being the polar opposite. And we're having a little battle inside ourselves the whole time. And so finding some pathway into that quiet space for yourself, you know, I think the gift is it gives us muscle memory, right? Like you, you know, that quiet space right? We, ha- we know how to access it, whether it's through drawing, whether it's through running, God forbid, or being <laughs> seated, whatever it is that you find that space through, we start to build the muscle memory and then we can apply it in other areas of our lives. Yeah. I think you snap into that, that mode or whatever it is after having done it so many times. And you, of course it takes practice. So that's why you know people describe meditation as a practice. And I think it literally is that the practice and the repetition leads to that facility and um, that that's the speed at which you can access that that state of mind. My brother is a runner. He was a competitive runner in Division I college and still runs. And, and he does absolutely find that, that peace of mind, if you like, or he gets into that space when he runs. Um, and uh, I think he was aware of that from the beginning, and that is why he, you know, for years and years has been between the two of us. I have a twin brother, by the way. Mm. <laughs> He's been the more balanced, more relaxed, less uh, neurotic twin. Whereas I always buzzing around and, and my brain is never stopping and I would have trouble sleeping and everything. Just didn't realize I had access to that, even though I was doing it frequently. I just didn't. I wasn't aware of it. And I think that's kind of interesting that you can do something that is healthy and not without realizing the full benefits of it because you're just not conscious of what's happening. So 
yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's kind of revelation for me. So I want to talk about this book, Trace, and I'm going to tell you just briefly the story of. So I get this email from Baron Fig. Uh, from a guy named Mark, who I never met before, pitching this interview. And I get, I don't know, maybe 10 emails a week from people suggesting guests for the podcast. And most of them I say thank you, but no, because it's not really an interview podcast. Mostly it's a meditation class podcast. But every once in a while, I feel like there's somebody that's like, this is going to be a great conversation and valuable. So I get this email from Mark And he's like, you know, I don't know if this is up your alley or not, but we just released this really cool notebook that is introducing tracing as a meditative practice. This is the company. This is the artist. (laughs) I read this and I write him right back in like 10 minutes. I'm like, Mark, nice to meet you. My name is Meryl. And here are the three things I love talking about meditation practices, talking about creativity and any excuse to use a pen and paper instead of a computer. <laughs> so we're on for the interview. I'm so excited. And so uh, I like that. I'm, I'm thrilled to, um, I, I received a copy of Trace. I've been playing with it. And I would love to hear a little bit about how this came into being. Sure. Talk to us about the process of what is Trace. So Trace gives you the opportunity to, if, uh, to draw without any pressure. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> um, I think that's important to mention. What it is, is a series of stream of consciousness drawings that I did in transit throughout the course of a year and a half of flying back and forth from North Carolina to San Francisco for uh, various meetings and things like that. I had at Adobe and, and conferences and whatnot. And on the plane, like many people will read a book or they'll watch a movie, I love to draw on planes because you have the white noise and you can you have nothing else to do and if it's a great opportunity to i suppose meditate in this way for me you can you can sort of just close everything off around you and see what happens with the pen now for me normally i'm drawing because somebody has asked me to draw something specific if it's an assignment or whatever um but with these drawings None of them started with a sketch of any kind. It literally was me putting the pen to paper and then starting to move. And then the moment I had some kind of curvilinear line or mark on the paper, I would respond to it. And then an image would start to form in my mind and I would try and realize it. So that is how the drawings came to be. Trace was born out of that. I explained to uh, Joey, who's over at Baron Fig. Um, that I desperately wanted to do something that was completely different from whatever their other offerings were. And I know that they are um, always catering to the creative minds out there with their products. And I thought it'd be great to have this this book where people could, maybe they're on the phone with somebody and they, they just want to doodle while they're on the phone. Or maybe they have five minutes every morning to just try and calm themselves, relax, and take a moment, um, but they don't know what to do with that time and how to do that. So me being interested in trying to calm myself down whenever possible, because I am crazy, uh, I thought this would be a good thing. And so we, we pitched this, we worked on it, and it was really a very short conversation because once I sent him a couple of drawings saying, look, this is the kind of thing I do, he said, that's it. We've got a notebook there. 
how do we make this work for everyone else and why is it useful? We don't want to make a coloring book. We don't want to, you know, that's been done to death. And I said, well, you know, we could print this very, very faintly. And we chose this really nice orange color to print on the, on the page. It's kind of a peachy orange color and it's very faint so that anybody with a pen or pencil could trace the drawings at their leisure. But we also wanted to encourage people to change them, embellish them, um, do whatever they want with them. And they, there is plenty of room for that in the book. And there are instructions in the beginning, which just tell you to, you know, here's how you can use this book. And yeah, the, the reviews and the, um, the response to it has been just uh, wonderful. And I, I actually am going to be making a second volume of it um, in response to that. And of course, that just gives me an excuse to have more fun drawing this way. But yeah, that's that's how it came about. And it does, I think, hit the mark for me with what I'm looking for to provide to other people through drawing these days, which is to try and give them some kind of access to what I'm experiencing now, now that I'm aware that I'm experiencing it, <laughs> as opposed to, you know, me doing it, but being clueless about it. And I think it's healthy. I think it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And um, again, takes the pressure off. So I actually just gave one of these books to um, a couple that we met yesterday and explained how some people were using it as a daily meditation. And I can't wait to see if, if she takes to it because she was excited about that idea. We were talking about being stressed out. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I have a couple of dozen of these uh, free copies they sent me and I said, here, take this and see what happens. So. Yeah. I, I love that. And, you know, one of the things that immediately came to me when I received the book is we're, you know, we're in this really tough moment right now, right? Like there was this moment of glimmer of hope as vaccinations came out, like we're going to go out, things are going to get back to normal. And man, you know, I, I know you have kids, I have kids, they're in school, it's horrifying, it's just very stressful. And I, I will always encourage people to sit down and meditate. And I, I like stressful times. I'm a three times a day kind of gal, like morning, noon, night, I'm going to do my meditation practice. And there are times when we are so anxious that we just can't, we can't sit with the feeling. We can't sit down, close our eyes and just be still with the feeling because it's so much for our nervous system yeah. and giving ourselves another practice like tracing Let's us do this, I think, in a gentler way, right? We're able to, to still ourselves, but we don't have to sit there and stare at our own anxiety. Yeah. Right? Wow. I love that. Sit and stare at your own anxiety. I spend way too much time doing that. <laughs> I really do. And I, I need, I just, I'm trying, I'm trying. It's, it's a struggle, but I do think uh, this helps. And um, people who play an instrument, for example, I know that in times like that, if they pick up the instrument and just start noodling, it's just enough to, to, to give your brain a little something, a little activity to do that takes a little bit of attention away from that anxiety. And uh, this serves that purpose as well. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm a huge fan of also trying to find ways to do it quickly. I know it's this is difficult, but Something like like picking up a guitar, and you might see I have one in the background there that mm -hmm. serves that purpose. But um, it's great to be able to do it more quickly because there are times when I have the space in my day and the time in my day where I do just want to sit and slowly make my way into a meditation with a guided meditation. And I know that I've I've given myself a thirty minute, forty minute block where I can just get there first, 
then sit with it and enjoy it. Other times I sort of need that. I need to do something right away to just quickly calm things down, at least even just 10% so I can function. And so maybe something like Trace would provide that for somebody, I would hope anyway. But yeah, yo, we're so we're in a panic right now because of the school situation. I mean, I can't. It is tough. We have one child who's not vaccinated yet. Um, mm-hmm. It is really a scary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a. I know my children are little still, so neither of them are vaccinated yet. Oh and my goodness! Yeah, we we spend a lot of time freaking out about it. <laughs> it's yeah. just tough. So, thank goodness for our practices, right? Oh, without, without anything like that, I would be in big trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same. I, I love that you shared these images originated just um, as spontaneous drawings while you were in transit because they feel very dreamlike. Oh, when good. You look at that. That's what I'm going know, they, for. <laughs> they, they feel like, I was trying to, th- is the word dreamlike? Is it liminal? But they, they don't put you in your logical brain. They invite you into that more spacious place, I think. Yeah, that's just really cool. Thanks. And thanks for describing it that way, because that's really exactly what I was going for. <clears throat> Excuse me. I wanted to play with scale a lot and expectation. Uh, and would you, you know, logical to take that turn it on its head. And uh, that, that made it so much more fun for me too. I, I, with every one of them, I just wanted that sort of feeling to come about and it's it's a lot easier than you think to to do that. I I think it's it's easy to do that if you just let go of any idea of what makes sense and instead draw shapes that can turn into something. Whether or not that that thing that it turns into makes any sense in the context of the drawing doesn't matter one bit. Some of them even were a little bit narrative, I would say. Some of them sort of maybe tell a story. Not that wasn't maybe my intention setting out but, um, and who knows what'll happen with the second book? I don't know, but these are just a really fun exercise for me and they're not stress. They're not stressful. Yeah. So that's also good. I don't feel pressure with this kind of project that I do maybe with other assignments work. So I want to talk a little bit about creativity Mm -hmm. in general, you know, and I, I will say that I spend a lot of time exploring this intersection of I'm going to call it mindfulness, but really any sort of like introspective still practice and creativity, because I, for me, I find that they go very much hand in hand. I would, I'm not an artist in terms of paint or draw or anything like that, but I consider myself an incredibly creative person. And I spend a lot of time creating. And I like to explore this intersection because I think that there's something very valuable and maybe countercultural in the idea of stillness as a productive mechanism or a create a creation, a source of creation, I should say. Anyways, how do you feel about creativity, Kyle? Well, will you just hit on something that I'm very passionate about, which is the quiet time that leads to creative breakthroughs, which we are losing by the second because of the, our culture now and our society and our reliance on on constant uh, being constantly fed information and our smartphones and alerts and notifications and all the other things that get in the way of that stillness. Um, I actually gave a talk about this uh, three years ago at the 99U conference in New York, which is a conference where people get together and share ideas about creativity. 
And my talk was called Oh Beautiful Boredom. And it was on the, the subject of the importance of becoming, allowing oneself to become what we used to consider, uh, or maybe today we still call bored. Only it used to be a very different thing than it is today because we used to allow ourselves um, more time without interruption, without yet labeling it as now I'm now I'm bored. That time has uh, shrunk to what I, I say seconds now, maybe not even minutes. Unfortunately, because of the nature of how social media feeds work and and how we're used to consuming information and so on. And what I explained was. There's actually an important thing that happens with your brain when you sit in stillness um, and allow your mind to wander. After a certain period of time, you start to tell stories. It likes to have something happening that could be a narrative of some kind, and ideas can then start to, you know, form. And they're going to be very, they're going to be very, uh, sorry, amorphous. You know, um, they're not going to have a lot of. Uh, structure yet, but this is this very magical space that you can only access if you allow yourself to do literally nothing for an extended period of time. And in the talk, I explained that my best creative ideas that actually were these sort of punctuation marks throughout my career were born out of these moments where I was not doing anything and an idea like people uh, describe how ideas suddenly materialize out of thin air and everyone says, well, how did that happen? That seems impossible. And I don't think that's the case. I think it's the case that it is possible when you are left to, you're left with your own thoughts, nowhere to go with them, and you just wait. And I know that that sounds silly to a lot of people, but um, for, for me and for many other people who are my age, <laughs> it's not that unusual. It's just that when I talk to my students, for example, about the importance of turning off their devices when they do their, um, their work, because I teach drawing and painting classes, they love to have a movie on in the background, for example, while they're drawing or painting. They love to have a podcast on. They love to have something playing. And it's not the same thing because then they're not able to really focus on one thing. So I like to turn all of that stuff off and see what my brain will cook up after 30 minutes, 40 minutes of just sitting. And I explained in the, in the talk that there are these several big epiphanies I had that led to big, creative, successful projects, but only because I allowed myself to be still, which I think is very challenging these days. So I'm a huge fan. And I, I think creativity is, is born out of sometimes that. And also many people have said this, and I don't think it's that new, but I do think it's true. You know, people come up with creative solutions because something is missing in their lives and they want to fill a gap. And um, I've done that as well, but did I, I don't think that's anything too original. <laughs> you know, I, um, I love what you said. And I, as you were saying, and I noticed that one of the almost, almost without fail, notes for me is when I'm, when I'm still, or when I'm bored, I have to ignore the first itch of, okay, I'm done. I'm going to go to the next thing. Yes. Right. Yeah. Because we get the first one of like, good job. You sat for 10 minutes or good job. You didn't do anything for however long now go do the thing. And if you ignore the first one and you stay longer yeah. that for me, that's when 
the creative, the wisdom, the inspiration usually lands because I haven't allowed myself to let go enough until I've let go of that first go do something. Yes. Right. That's the hardest um, hurdle to, to get over for everybody is that first, that first little notification, if you like, that your brain sends you saying, all right, you've done this for long enough time to move on and go do another thing. The moment you push past that, you put push past that, excuse me, you hit the nail on the head. That is where you're just starting to begin to enter this space where something can happen or materialize or suddenly just shift your thinking into this zone. And it's very much like there was a neuroscientist I spoke to at this event who confirmed for me that that space that you're accessing, if you're doing it right, is very similar to where your brain is right before you wake up in the morning Mm. where you're in this sort of just coming out of a dream, not totally conscious. And there are all kinds of fireworks going on sometimes there where creative, 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 creative. And then the moment you really are fully awake, it's too late because you're starting to think about what your to-do list is for the day. And, but that is a pretty magical time. So yeah, she said, that's a similar, similar brain space, if you like. That's really cool to know. So how do you work with your day to create pockets of boredom or space? For me, well, the, the times that I, I have the most success with that are, are walking. Mm-hmm. And in a, we have a, um, access to a path that goes through the woods here, just, a, just a, a half a block down the road. So if I'm walking in there, in there, in the woods, and I'm not listening to anything. I'm just going. That is that seems to be for me the easiest way, place to access that, because then I'm just inside my head, and the only sounds I hear they all become sort of white noise. It's the the rustling of the leaves and the birds and whatnot. And it's excellent in the winter because it's just quiet. Uh, now, if I'm at home, it's much more difficult because we do have two young children. I'm, when I'm in an environment where I'm aware of things that need to be done, it's also extremely difficult. So I do have to get out and I, I don't know about other people, but that helps me. And there's also something about that act of moving my body that really gets me there pretty fast. A couple of times I've had these moments in the shower. <laughs> there's mm-hmm. something amazing yep. about standing in a shower with the water hitting you. I don't know what it is, but your brain seems to more quickly get there if you close your eyes and just uh, kind of zone out. Pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We share this odd quality, I think, in this day and time. We walk without listening to anything. And I people comment to me on that all the time. And I do think that it's the key to letting something like a walk in the woods open you up to inspiration, creativity to silence, you know, you, you do really have to give yourself that ability. And I love, obviously I love podcasts. I make one, but I'm like, I listen to a dozen podcasts a week because I love them, but I make that its own time. It's not my walking time because that is something different for me. Right. And I think that's important to delineate is like, we try to squeeze in like, Oh, I'll listen to this good podcast while I do X, Y, Z. And we have to be conscious of what that does for us. Yeah. I, I carry with my phone is with me and I have it in silent and I have it in do not disturb. 
because when I'm on these walks, I will occasionally have an idea and I'll just pull out the phone and I'll dictate it. And so I have these recordings and a couple of those recordings came out of the, the with Trace. Um, I wanted to build an app for, for meditation through drawing and I, it's called lines of Zen. We've got it, you know, it's, it's halfway done. Maybe I, I'm working with a, a buddy in Ireland too. Actually, I've never met him, but we've been working together for a decade now. Um, That's amazing. It is. He, he, we built a few apps together and he's the coolest guy. I love him and I've never met him. It's so weird. Isn't it crazy you can do that these days with? Yeah. But anyway, that's, and also a picture book that I made was, came out of that. My, my, I have a picture book with Scholastic called Please Say Please. It's about manners for, for kids, which um, uh, I didn't want it to be stodgy. So it's, it's full of all kinds of fun stuff. But that 100% was born out of one of those walks, just walking. And I started rhyming in my head, it had nothing to do with a picture book, and it turned into one. And if, if I hadn't been quiet and just letting my brain do that, it, it wouldn't have happened. So I, I really think this is hard for people to do. I understand. I know there's so much great entertainment out there and you want to be stimulated. I totally get it. But if you could occasionally just shut it off and see what happens, it could become addictive. Yeah, I totally agree. So I wonder if to wrap up, you could um, talk, you don't have to like formally guide, but talk us through these little workshops that you did around a little tracing meditation experience. What would we do at home? We're going to assume trace is with us. Oh, now for, for the, for the workshops, what I do is everyone has a copy of trace with them. Mm -hmm. And before they do any tracing, I do a drawing warm up with them. And what, you know, I tell, okay, we shake out our hands and we take a few deep breaths. And then what I have them do is draw on the piece of paper, a line that is just moving upwards at a diagonal while they inhale and then pause at the top for a moment and then draw a line moving downwards as they exhale. And we just do this nice up and down zigzag. And what should happen is that we move from the left to the right down the page because every exhalation should be a longer line than every inhalation. So you're really exhaling fully and slowly. Um, and we do that just for a minute and that's enough to get everybody calm. And then we do some exercises to get everyone's hand just, just feeling like we're connected to hand to the brain. And uh, it's sort of like handwriting. We, we do a series of small loops that um, have to touch one another. The, the edges and outsides of each loop touch one another next to each other in a line, different sizes, different directions, and some other simple warm-ups like that. And then they just randomly can turn to a page and they can start to uh, draw whichever uh, way they choose from, from starting from any point, but they want to draw on one un unbroken line and just pay attention to their breathing. Because I think people do when they draw a lot, when they're not aware of it is hold their breath. A lot of people hold their breath when they, when they draw and there are other activities too, where you're, you're trying to concentrate, you'll find yourself, <sighs> you're holding your breath and then you're kind of <sighs> gasping every now and then. And so we, we, I talk, about breathing and saying, okay, remember to breathe. And they get to a point where I say, all right, let's stop and we'll switch gears and uh, we'll do a drawing meditation exercise. There's nothing to do with trace where I'll, I'll guide them through a very simple uh, uh, geometric drawing exercise. It's, it's very open, but what's cool about it is at the end of that exercise, no matter how you do it, um, it's designed in such a way that after about four or five minutes, you will have a line drawing that you can easily 
frame if you want, or turn into a little greeting card or whatever. The compositions always look great. And several of the exercises I do for the workshop are designed for that specific purpose, which is to give people confidence that without drawing in a representational way, you can draw very confidently using a couple of little a little formulas with these exercises that result in something really lovely. Um, and in doing them, you're also getting the benefits of the meditation because they all of them are um, done in such a way that you must give them your full attention and you must make decisions as you're going through. And the decisions are not in any way, um, they're not going to stress anyone out. Whichever way you go, you'll be fine. But it's fun and it's engaging to say, okay, well, I think I'll go this direction now and then this direction. And if you like, I could email you finished examples of a couple of these and how they look. But then we return to the book and we say, now this is your opportunity to, if you wish, use the book for tracing and then stopping at any point on the trace and do one of the exercises if you want or deviate from the line and connect to another line somewhere else on the page and then start tracing there, stop, draw a line to another section of the drawing and trace. And so that creates also completely strange little little compositions. There are lots of ways to do it. And these are very short. We maybe do 30 minutes or 40 minutes. And then, you know, we do a little cool down exercise where we draw what I call geo kitty, which is a little cat, um, which is completely comprised of simple connecting lines with triangles and squares. It takes about two minutes and everyone's surprised at the end that they've got a little cat with a hat on it. That's the end. So they're very nice. I once did it for an audience of 600 people <laughs> remotely, wow. which was very intimidating for me. I thought there's no way people are going to follow along six this too much. And it went off without a hitch. So I was relieved. <laughs> mm. You know, the practice that you described for listeners, you won't be surprised is presence, non-judgment and compassion, which is the definition we work with with mindfulness meditation to be present without judgment and with compassion. And the description, I'm just like hearing those words as you're talking. I completely can see that being the practice that you're describing. I think you're right. And um, the funny thing is I, I never set out to, to with those ideas in mind, I don't think. I think it just evolved into that organically. And I'm so glad it did because um, you're right. Those Those three uh, principles are at the core of it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, a meditative practice is a meditative practice, whether with pen or paper or seated. And well, I have so enjoyed this conversation, Kyle. Thank you for chatting with us. Um, for the listeners, I'll have a link to Trace and Baron Fig is a sponsor because I like them so much. I called and said, would you sponsor the, <laughs> the podcast? So you'll also see a discount code in the show notes. So you can save a little bit of money when you order Trace. Kyle, thank you again. Meryl, thank you so much. It was a great pleasure talking to you. Big thanks to our sponsor, Mindful and Modern. Mindful and Modern offers a full range of accessories for seated meditation practice, including cushion sets, bamboo kneeling benches, and even chairs with extra back support. Visit mindfulandmodern.com and use code MINDFULMINUTE10 to save 10% off your next order. mindfulandmodern.com and use code MINDFULMINUTE10. Thanks for listening to The Mindful Minute. If you're enjoying these episodes, please consider leaving me a review wherever you get your podcast. It really helps others to find the show. 
To learn more about my live classes, virtual meditation retreats, my meditation app Shoreline, or to make a donation to the show, please visit MerylArnett.com. Thanks again. I'll see you next week.